Welcome in listeners to another fantastic episode of Whisper in the Wings. Today we are bringing you coverage of a huge announcement coming from the off-Broadway world and we are so excited that we are able to bring this to you. Joining us today we have the executive director of Indie Space, Randy Berry, uh, who's going to be speaking with us today about the new West Village Rehearsal Co-op. This is a rehearsal space, among other things, that is the brainchild of four different companies here in New York. Here, Art Space, Indie Space, New Ohio Theater, and Rattlestick Theater Company. And it's an incredible new opportunity for the theater scene here in New York. So with that, Randy, welcome. Hello in the wings from stage whisper thank you so much for joining us thank you so so much for having me this announcement came across my email and i was so so excited so over the moon i, I did a little praise shout <laughs> you know as we were speaking before one of the biggest detriments from the pandemic was a lot of spaces and companies a lot of these smaller ones shut down but now here we are announcing a brand new space a large space opening up for um you know special companies smaller companies why don't you tell us a bit about this this new space and this major announcement oh, i'm so happy to talk about it we are so thrilled to announce the opening of the west village rehearsal co-op this is a collaboration between my service organization, Indie Space, and three incredible arts institutions that have been operating in the West Village area for decades, as you mentioned, here Art Center, the New Ohio and Rattlestick Playwrights Theater. We've been working in close collaboration with the community board in the Meatpacking District in the West Village as they have negotiated and navigated a 99-year lease for a dollar a year in a brand new development just catty corner to the Whitney Museum with an entrance to the High Line on the same block for arts and culture space. You know, it's a big space in spirit. It is a small space <laughs> in the lower level of this building, but it is secured for 99 years at a dollar a year for this community. It's 1500 square foot space for rehearsal. And there's an itty bitty kitchen area for small production meetings and, and things like that. We're very, very proud of this space. And going along with this, what's great about the space, as I was reading the announcement, is that for six months of the year, the space will be available exclusively to artists working with the three, I guess they're calling the CD2 based producing arts institutions yeah the three yeah. theaters uh-huh and then for the and other then, months the 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 space will be available at a subsidized rate for uh indie space artists is that right it's true yes the co-op model that we've created between our four organizations has here art center getting two months out of the year new ohio getting two months out of the year and rattlestick getting two months out of the year and then indie space is going to operate it for the other six months and we'll be renting it out or giving it to artists that work within the Community Board 2 district and the surrounding neighborhood and other artists that are affiliated with Indie Space. So that way we could make sure that this resource is spread out to as many artists as humanly possible. And we have we feel 
because this was a collaboration with the community board and because they were able to negotiate such a favorable rate for us to be in the space that we wanna pass that gift on to the artists that we serve. And so we're committed to a max of $10 an hour for the artists that work, um, that are part of Indie Spaces community. Uh, and then we are working with a couple of arts organizations that are run by historically excluded artists. The Grove is a collective of Black artists and playwrights, and Safe Harbors is an indigenous arts organization. We're um, offering them residency at the space uh, for free when they're, when they're using it. Yes, yeah. and, and that was the main part of, that caught me in the announcement that I went, yes, how yeah. exciting, you know, especially we just had a conversation with a young director, creator, performer, when we were talking about how do you make a show? How do you get a show up and running in New York? Like there's no playbook. You all have literally come together to be like, well, we don't know how you create a show, but at least here's a space that you can do it. That's realistically affordable. That's right. You know, um, real estate occupies such a huge portion of the budget in any arts organization's kind of journey through creating a, a show. And we'd love to see those dollars spent on paying artists an equitable wage to do their work. So wherever we can lower the cost of work for artists that, you know, Indie Space is a service organization. So our angle is always like, how do we make New York City a more hospitable place for artists to do their work? And because real estate is such a huge barrier in New York, because the cost of living is so high and the cost of working here is so high, if we can uh, kind of spread out this resource and make it affordable, we hope that the money that artists are saving on rehearsal space, they'll put it right back into the pockets of the artists that are working on their shows. Yes. Yes. Here is certainly hoping. Yeah. So how did you all come upon this idea or this decision? In my mind, and I think the other arts organizations might, each of us were uh, going to the community board meetings to get information on the space that we knew that they were working on. Indie Space worked uh, kind of closely with the community board to give them some feedback and advice uh, because we have a real estate program on what type of lease terms would be necessary for the for this space to be truly beneficial and impactful uh, to artists that are working with the smallest budgets in the ecosystem. So um, we were already working with the community board here, Art Center, Kristen Marting, the artistic director of here is on the community board. There's like, you know, uh, um, these are very active groups in their neighborhood. And we saw each other at the community board meetings and we started, th I, we started talking because of course we're in the same community together and started saying, what would it look like for us to do this work together? I believe that coming out of COVID re partnerships and coalition building is going to be key to our survival and our, you know, our way back into a thriving cultural ecosystem in New York City. And so we looked at each other, we said, well, you know, this is a really huge resource. This is an amazing resource. Any one of us could probably use this space 365 days a year. But what would it look like if we spread this amazing opportunity out over all of our theaters so that we all benefit? Maybe we're not all getting 100%. Okay. But if each of us can get a bit of this, to be able to serve the community, you know, the artists that work in our, in our circles, then we could take something that's super special and spread it around a little bit. Oh, I love that. What do you hope will develop from this cooperative? 
Well, I hope a lot of amazing work will be developed inside the spaces, right? And the cooperative will allow that ripple to go out further so that more and more artists are taking advantage of it. And I'm hoping that we're creating a hub, a community hub, a place where artists that work in all of our various venues and that work in the programs that Indie Space hosts have this place that they feel that they can go that's theirs. Yes. And I love now, now I want to just sidestep for a minute uh, and, and speak about indie space just as a side tangent. And you mentioned different spaces that you you host. What other spaces do you guys host? No, pro we host programs. We are pro- working on a, another space, but that's a couple of years down the line. But so indie space, our mission, can I tell you a little bit about indie space's please, mission so you please, understand? Yes kind of our context here. So Indie Space is a service organization and we provide equitable, responsive and radically transparent funding, real estate programs, professional development and advocacy to the indie theater community. Um, and we do that, we support individual artists, the smallest companies in the ecosystem and indie venues. So we help artists make their work in a, in a variety of different ways. We try to get funding into their pockets. We make sure they know how to budget their shows. We give them marketing workshops, or we don't give them. We connect them with experts in the field that can give them. And we've helped over 70 venues um, that are facing a real estate transition challenge or opportunity. So we work hand in hand with venues and help them, well, during COVID, come up with notices for non-payment of rent with their landlord to renegotiate their leases so that they could stay in the space. We help them think through their new HVAC systems and and, uh, space configurations that were necessary during COVID. But we also provided over $1.7 million in relief funds to arts and culture workers and venues. Um, We did some of that through the Cultural Solidarity Fund, not some of it, a lot of it through the Cultural Solidarity Fund, which is a partnership of 17 arts institutions that came together to support the workers within their organizations. And we have a mental health program for our artists. We had during COVID um, an AAPI transportation fund for, you know, there was a 360% rise in violence against Asian American and Pacific Islander um, community members who were not feeling safe being on, you know, getting on the train after late night rehearsals or performances. So we gave them transportation stipends in partnership with the Asian American Performer Performers Action Coalition. So Indie Space is focused on how we can work together in the community to expand resources. We truly feel like more is more. When we work together, there's more. Uh, we don't like to think... Um, about hoarding resources. We think that sharing and working together helps create more on behalf of the community and the artists that we serve. And the West Village Rehearsal Co-op is just another one of those kind of pillars in the ki- in the type of work that we're trying to do. So it combines our real estate work and our coalition type work together. And we just feel lucky that we get to work with here and Rattlestick in the new Ohio because they're such important members of our community. That is incredible. You guys are essentially doing God's work. Listen, well, that is amazing. Wow. You well, all should be proud and a huge thank you from the audience community for all the hard work you did uh, with all of these great spaces and companies, because really that 18 months that theaters were shuttered, that was 
such a Goliath, a Herculean effort to, to keep a lot of institutions afloat. So that's amazing. And I love the way that you, you express the idea of more is more. It is not pie. We all don't get less when we all put more in. We actually all get more when we contribute more. Nobody get gains from, from keeping things a secret anymore. That whole mentality of days gone by literally have gone by. The more we- Yeah, I completely together, agree. It's generative when we work together it produces more. I think that that's also just for me, the way that I want to exist and live in the world. So if that's, I think, and I think so many of the artists that we work with work in an ensemble or like they do devised theater and work together anyway to create something. It's in our guts. Sometimes we're put in a competitive environment where we're supposed to hoard and be on our own and siloed and um, keep what is mine, 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 whatever. But I think it's in our guts if we see that, you know, to be non-competitive, to be supportive and to be in community with one another is, is really, I believe, I truly believe it's who we are at our core. And we just need the opportunities to work with one another and explore it. Yes. That needs to be like on giant posters everywhere. <laughs> right now. Well, I want to turn back now to the West Village Rehearsal Co-op a little. And I, uh, I think you might have answered this, but I'm going to ask it again. How long have you all been working on this? You'd mentioned going to the community board meetings. When did all this kind of start? Well, the um, Land Use Committee and the Arts and Culture Committee have been working on this deal with the developer for years. I mean, well before COVID. We started talking to the community board and helping them craft the lease. I guess it was 2019. Then during throughout COVID, um, the, it was after the lease was finalized and it was approved by the city council. And then the community board did a public process in order to put it out to see who would want to operate the space once they were able to negotiate that with the developer. And then we worked on a negotiation on the lease with our co-op and the owner through most of 2021, like for a lot of 2021 into 2022. So it's been a long process. It's been a long process, but these things take a while, but they're so deeply impactful that they're necessary. Like, you know, it's worth the time. It's worth the time. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of perspective, you guys essentially started the lease and everything in 2019, four years later, but you get the space for 99 years. Well, yeah, like the actual lease didn't begin in 2019. I think the conversations with the developers started probably in 2018. Oh, but wow. no, our actual lease was signed in 2022, but every time, I mean, you know, these things take time. And when I'm anxious and biting at, you know, I'm like chomping at the bit to get in every time I'm like, why is it? Why well, want, I want this to go faster. And then I say 99 years, Randy, Yeah, 99 years, you know, <laughs> that's you wait so, um, for 99 yeah. Years. <laughs> yeah. So our 99 year lease only began, I think in October or something like that. So it was like, I don't even remember right off the top, but October of 2022, we had to quickly do some construction in the space. We wanted to make sure that we had sprung floors. So dancers and movers could comfortably work in the space. We had some evaluation of the HVAC to make sure it would be safe for, with, you know, COVID protocols. And they, the building was generous enough to build out an ADA compliant bathroom inside the space for us. So we had some work and some materials and things that we needed to do in October and November. And then here started using the space in December. And we have three theater companies working in the space right now. We're just now getting the chance to open it publicly and let everybody know that 
it exists, it's up and operational, and we can't wait to welcome everybody inside. That is a perfect lead-in to my next question, which is, who do you hope have access to it? We've mentioned a few of the, the partners in this who get to have access to it. And you've also mentioned, uh, highlighted two groups uh, associated with indie space that are going to have access to it. Who else do you hope have access to this co-op? Well, I hope any and all artists that are working and living in the community board in this district get to use this space. We we want the people in this neighborhood to use this amazing resource. And then all the artists in the indie space ecosystem. So that would be, uh, you know, indie space supports thousands of individual artists and there are hundreds of small theater companies. I'm hoping that the companies that use this space are the small, are the ones that are operating with the smallest budgets. 70% of the arts organizations that, that applied for our last round of funding have budgets less than $50,000. So those are the arts organizations that need this relief in their budget the most. And that's who I hope is going to be able to access the space, but we're welcome and open to everyone. But all of Indie Space's programs and projects also prioritize historically excluded artists. So we wanna make sure that BIPOC artists, disabled deaf artists, immigrant artists, and transgender non-conforming, non-binary, two-spirit artists are making their way into our space as well. Oh, yay. Expanding accessibility. I love this. This is making my heart happy. And I do want to just say to our listeners, I know that $50,000 of an operating budget might sound like a lot of money and kind of in the in the ethos, I guess it is. But you have literally said way back in the beginning that, I mean, that gets eaten up like that with just real estate. It's already gone. Yeah. Like that. And then the next, the next amount of money is, is the labor making sure you right. pay everyone and involved. That's right. And when we are talking about a $50,000 annual budget, that's to do how many shows in a year, how many workshops, rehearsal, insurance. I mean, there's so much that needs to be covered. And if you think about it in like, in comparison to maybe a large Broadway show, we're talking about a hundred million dollar budget. Yeah for a show, which is one show. And sometimes they last years and years and years. And so that, that money is, you know, kind of the expense is amortized with income coming in over many, many years. But some of those shows that they could spend $20 million on close in six months. Yep. We're talking about $50,000 budget for the year. Right. And um, often these arts organizations will produce two, three, four shows in a year on a small budget like this. Yeah. And that's why you will see that a lot of these off and off, off Broadway shows that it'll run like one weekend because that's all they have. That's right. It's because, um, you know, everyone is, is contending with what the cost of doing business and existing in New York city is. But so if you're renting a venue, a, a lot of them, you can't rent for one week for less than five to $10,000 just for the one week, you know, to do rehearsal. I mean, to do a performance then add rehearsal onto it. And if you're a process-based company or if you do devised work or original work, it takes a long time in rehearsal. You don't rehearse for one week and then put it up for one week so that we're talking about 10 grand total for this budget. Rehearsals, you know, often you need to be in rehearsal for a month, for three weeks, you know, and it's a lot of time and it's a big expense. It's a very big expense. Well, my final question for this first part of the interview 
this is a new topic that we're talking about on our show. And I think it's a really important one. And I'm really grateful that you're here and you're kind of speaking about the business side and the new opportunities that are coming to the theater. What is the message or thought that you're hoping the, our audience will take away from our conversation? You know, I'm a big advocate for indie theater. So you were calling it off, off Broadway theater, off Broadway theater. And for me, and the way that we talk about it at Indie Space is that we don't see theater as a ladder off, off Broadway to off Broadway to Broadway. We see it as a circle, right? There are artists that work in indie theater and off Broadway that end up on the Broadway stage and then they come right back around and they end up doing work in these small experimental spaces all the time and back and forth. There is, is, it is very rare that you find an artist on a Broadway stage that hasn't done a lot of their work in these small spaces in the boroughs or, or wherever. And so it's super important that we think through and about all members of the ecosystem. They're all important. They all deserve support. They all need space to work and they all need audience. We all need audience. So I, what I would want your audience to think about is how are they stretching their muscles in and seeing and thinking about new work and um, for every Broadway show they see, and I want them to see lots and lots of Broadway shows, go see an off Broadway or an indie show. You're yes. go, you, it's going to expand your view of arts and culture, and you're going to understand New York City in a different way and different perspectives. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. A thousand times. And I love that analogy about the ecosystem. I think I'm going to have to adopt instead of off and off, off Broadway. I think I'm going to just have to adopt indie theater because I do love that. I love that. I do too. I'm, uh, you know, this has been, this term came from the indie theater community uh, years and years and years ago. And I think it in, encapsulates the spirit of who we are because indie you know, I think off off Broadway also gives you the impression that it's under it is underfunded, by the way, but that the that that means that it's not quality work and it's just not true. You know, there are artists that are working in La Mama that that's where they want to be. They want to be in that intimate, experiential, exper like experimental space. They don't have an interest in going anywhere else. Right. So, like, I think using the terms off, off and off, give the impression that there's a, that you must leave to, to succeed, that, that success is up that ladder. And for a lot of artists, we want a paycheck, we want the paycheck, but we want to do the work that we're doing in the places that we're doing it. And so I think indie gives it the respect that it need, it deserves. Indie music and indie film, that doesn't mean it's not good quality. Actually, this is some of the best music and the best film you're going to see. It just means that it's not working necessarily in the same commercial context, and it's not funded in the same way that, you know, um, big studio productions are. We are connects. We are connects. We are the I want to now shift gears and uh, give our listeners an opportunity to get to know you personally a little bit, because we also talk about our own personal experience in the theater on our show. So I want to start by asking you what 
uh, shows or composers or playwrights have inspired you in the past or do you love? Oh, what a nice question. So I'm an indie theater maker myself, right? That's how I got into this work. With Indie Space, I created the service organization that I needed with my colleagues and my co-artistic directors. So I've, uh, interesting. So I'm inspired by a lot of different artists and makers. Um, The one arts organization that really pumped me up when I first moved back here to New York, I was born in Brooklyn, but when I came back to New York to work, was Anne Bogart and the City Company, who recently, yeah, yeah. And um, they did a show, Fever Pitch, that I actually saw in Florida that blew my mind. It completely blew my mind. And so when I moved back to New York, I started taking trainings um, whenever I could with the City Company. So I'm, I'm totally inspired by by them. I love the work that I've seen at the National Black Theater. I love the work that I see in at here. I love the work. <laughs> I mean, I just saw um, Jill Sabule's show at the Wild Project, and I absolutely loved it. It's called Fuck Seventh Grade. Have you seen it? Yes. Yes. My wife and I went to see that. I think it was on the opening night. Oh yeah, my- I loved I loved it, too. I loved it too. And I love um, La Lucha Arts. They do amazing work. I love Kyung's Pacific Beat. These are a lot of like uh, indie theater companies. You know, of course, Ann Bogart is more off Broadway and, and things. But I, you know, I love original work. I love political work. Um, I love leaving the theater and feeling inspired to sit across a table or a bar from somebody and have two hour long conversation about the content, you know, like, I want to think in the work that I'm seeing. I love the work that happens at the tank. I love the work because it's all new and bubbling and bursting. Same with the chain right upstairs. I mean, these are great theaters that are giving emerging and arrived artists a place to experiment and to explore. And I love them. I love them all. Frigid. I mean, there's so much good work happening on at the Crane and under St. Mark's. It's It's the good stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You named so many places that I just love going to. Anytime a show pops up there, I'm like, absolutely. What's it about? I don't care what it's about. I just never seen it. Yeah. And then head to Brooklyn, go to the brick and to Jack and all of these other and Bushwick star. So much good work coming out of Bushwick star. I mean, these are to me like there, I could go on and on because there is so much content and so much creativity. It makes me very happy. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? Well, the people. The people are my favorite part of working in the theater. The, you know, and the feeling of community and belonging with a group of people that has such an interesting way of looking at the world and managing all the various things that we're going through together and collectively. I think that um, it's the place where I feel the most myself and feel the most understood. And that's why I've dedicated my life to supporting these people. I mean, this is like, I'm an artist myself, but I've spent the last 10 plus years working in service and it still feels creative because of the people that I get to do it with. And because of how, you know, the way that we live forces us to be creative and problem solve constantly together. And I, you know, I just feel held. I feel held by this community of people in a way that keeps me very inspired. 
to keep moving, keep going. It's good. Oh, I love that. You can't get, you can't go wrong with the collaboration that exists in theater. It's, it's such a deep connection Mm -hmm. and you just, there's nothing like it. There really isn't. Yeah. Finally, we've arrived at my favorite question, which is what Mm -hmm. is your favorite theater memory? I think one of my favorite, so one of my favorite theater memories, it's it's about the work that I did with my own theater company. There's so many, (laughs) there's so many good ones, but I have to say one of my favorite theater memories was we were doing a show called Wrestling Porcelain. This is a show that my theater company wrote collaboratively. And it was about a bathroom attendant in a restaurant in New York City. And uh, each of us, each of the other three actors played 27 different characters that walked in and out of the bathroom during the night. And we did the show at the ontolo- the old ontological theater. Uh, this would have been before your time if you've only met, moved here. But um, in the Richard Foreman used to have the ontological theater on, I guess it was 11th Street, in the old St. Mark's Church upstairs. And he, Richard Foreman, came, and we didn't expect that he would come. But um, we were in the dressing room getting changed after the show, and he busted through the door and said that he loved our show and he was so happy that it was in his theater and that he was going to write us a letter about it. And he did write us a letter, you know, Richard Foreman is like, you know, an icon in indie theater and avant-garde theater. And he wrote us this amazing letter about this creative work that we did in his theater and the little theater nerd in me that read Richard Foreman's plays and books, like, you know, him about him in books and things and who saw his work when I came to visit New York, when I was born in Brooklyn and I lived in Florida for a period of time growing up and then moved back. But um, I used to read about him and come and see his work when I came up, just about died in that, <laughs> in, that, in that dressing room. It was a really big moment. And it was, his comment was on work that I was making with my dearest and closest friends. And it was work that was funny, but political. It had, you know, the story was about immigration actually. And, you know, it meant the world to us. So that's one of my favorite theater memories. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's incredible. I'm assuming you still have the letter to this day. Oh, of course we do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, are there any other productions or projects that you or Indie Space have coming down the pipeline that we might be able to plug? We do. We have a few programs that are available. So I have to imagine other theater makers listen to your podcast. And so they should know that they should come to Indie Space. We are a service organization for them. And we have a few ongoing grants that are available to them if they want it. We have a partnership with Three Plays to to provide um, captioning and translation services for any online or in-person shows. We have rehearsal space available at the West Village Rehearsal Co-op. Our next block of space is from March 20th through May, I think, 18th. And we have, we give mental health grants. We have a mental health grant. These are $500 uh, grants that should be used for, to pay for one-to-one therapy, medication, meditation, or whatever it is you might need as an artist that's making work to take care of yourself and your mental health. So come on over to us. We're here to support you. If you're a venue and you operate a venue and you're facing a real estate challenge or something that you want to talk about, we're here to talk to you about it and pair you with free real estate advisory and consulting service whenever you need it. 
And that's it. That is amazing. I, I truly am just, I'm amazed at the work that, that you and everyone at Indie Space is doing. I wish I'd won the lottery so that I could give money to your organization. <laughs> Really- Thank you. We need money. Oh, that's a that's a good thing to plug. <laughs> uh, your dollars go right into mental health grants for arts and culture workers that are in desperate need of support. So yeah. yes, next time, if you win the lottery in the future, think about us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if our listeners want more information about the West Village Rehearsal Co-op or Indie Space or about you, how can they get that? How can they reach out to you guys? How, how, what, what can they do? Okay, so there's a few different ways. So Indie Space's website is indiespace.org, I-N-D-I-E-S-P-A-C-E.org. If they want um, information on using the rehearsal space when Indie Space is operating it, they can email rehearsalspace at indiespace.org. And if they want to reach all four partners of the rehearsal co-op, so if they want to reach me, some Daniela from Rattlestick, Kristen from here, and Robert from New Ohio, they can email West Village Rehearsal Co-op at gmail.com. Perfect. Randy, this has been an absolute honor, a, a joy. I, I, I hope we get to have you back on and talk more. I could go on and on. I want to hear more and more about what Indie Space does. I want to help Indie Space do more. This is exciting. All the good work you're doing for Indie Theater. uh, And especially with this enormous, enormous announcement with the West Village Rehearsal Co-op. So thank you for joining us today to talk to us about it. Really, really, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. It means a lot. My guest today has been Randy Berry, who is the Executive Director of Indie Space. Indie Space is one of four members that have now come together to form the West Village Rehearsal Co-op. The others are the Here Art Space, New Ohio Theater, and the Rattlestick Theater Company. The West Village Rehearsal Co-op is located at 6074 Gonzavort uh, Street in New York, New York. You can reserve rehearsal space here if you'd like. If you want to do that while, indie, while it's during Indie Space's time, you can email rehearsalspace at indiespace.org. Or if you'd like to reach all four of these uh, companies to find out about Rehearsal Space, you can do so by emailing westvillagerehearsalcoop at gmail.com. Also, and this is very important, visit indiespace.org to find out any all the information if you're a, a theater maker, a venue operator, what have you, to get information about all the good works Indie Space does. And even more importantly, if you're in a position help Indie Space out by giving a donation. These guys are doing incredible work to help out the indie theater scene here in New York. So let's make sure that they're able to continue to do so. Again, that was IndieSpace.org. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper? Thank you. Okay.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by David Blair and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>